This episode is brought to you by Jamie Kelton and E. Bradshaw. <laughs> it sure is. Thank it you for sure. making this show a possibility. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thank you for making this show a possibility. Thank you. Oh my God, you guys. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, E. Hey, Jay. How you doing? Good. I love the hair. Okay, thank it. you. We have this running joke. I never like my hair. I never am satisfied with my hair. And it's something that I think drives people crazy about me. I am fully aware. I am self-aware. And when we're in a Zoom and I can see my hair in the Zoom, all I do is constantly mess with it. And it's an annoying habit of mine. But it's such cool <laughs> it's... hair. I feel like I understand why you mess with it. You're like doing that like 90s white boy thing. I love it. I love... <laughs> it's June, y'all. It's boom, Pride boom, Month. Boom, boom, boom. I hope you guys are enjoying your June Pride Month. I hope you're having all the festivities in the world and your rainbows are everywhere. Yes, but the, but rainbow. the authentic rainbows, you know, not the ones that just the corporations mm. throw up just to tokenize us. But right, but the rainbows in your heart, yes. and that, that spring forth from your heart like Care Bear Stare. Yes, Care Bear Stare. Care we Bear are stare. aging ourselves in this episode. I mean, I think you started it. I think I did too. Well, I have to tell you something. You know, I have that new dog. Oh God, what happened? The dog. The dog eats everything. The dog ate my daughter's snails. Yeah. Are you <laughs> she kidding came me? came home yesterday with a jar of baby snails. I was like, what is this? Where did you get this? It's got dirt and rocks. She was like, I got it from my friend. I'll have to bring her back the cup, but I can keep the snails. I was like, why do we <laughs> have snails? And then they left it on the table and I came home from dropping them off for school and the dog ate the fucking snails. So now I got to explain to my daughter that her snails are gone. <laughs> Wow. It's like a whole thing. Wow. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I'm fascinated for a couple of things here. Did she <laughs> transfer containers and close it? Or she just put it in a cup on the counter and the dog it was just, just was like, It's a cup on the counter. And it was a little habitat for the little snails. She took them out and showed them to me. I, I, okay. All right. I don't know. It's very interesting having children. Don't you think? <laughs> I do. And that you you now have a fancy dog who eats escargot. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, is it time? Let's talk about our guests. I love mm. these guests. Jenny and Lauren. Yes. Jenny and Lauren. So here's the thing. Here's yes. the gist. Their journey started out really great with this great insurance, this inclusive insurance, which oh, you're going to hear all about. hear about it. And then things went south at their clinic, which I'm sure you can use your imagination and figure out possibly mm. why, but you're going to hear that. And we go really deep into their donor search here, which is interesting because they have an interesting donor search story. Right. And we listened and listened with, with openness and acknowledgement that this is something slightly or maybe particularly a little bit new to some of our, our listeners. But we all get to decide who our donors are. Yeah. We all get that autonomy. And whatever our reasons are, are our reasons i know you, that that's the motto you do you boo and you nobody over here is judging boo. and i actually love their donor search story they have a search for superman that is unique and different you know, and i love them for it maybe that's why all of our kids are so great because we were so all awesome. deciding to take like that donor that cost the extra 550 and <laughs> get the extra you know like we have great donors like we i know we you were guys, intentional yeah we were we were intentional. Very intentional. Just like this episode and their intentionality to building their family. Exactly. Exactly. So I think we've said, like, let's just, let's get them in. Helen is okay. telling me, Helen is like hitting my foot under the table right now that we need to keep the show moving. So Helen, come on. We started out so great with Helen and you, and now she doesn't even want to go to your house. I don't know. We're going to have to work I, on you that. You know what? <laughs> Helen might not be able to keep this job. <laughs> we've we tried. She won't leave. She's oh, not going. Cool. She won't leave. <laughs> Hi, Jenny and Lauren. Hi. Hi, Lauren and Jenny. Hello. Hi, Jamie. It's so wonderful to have you. You guys don't know at home, and I, I feel like I should give a little bit of backstory. Jenny is a Patreon member. And that's his addition to the show. And um, at your level, your Patreon level, what are, are you a gestational carrier or you're fertility a fertility doctor? Fertility doctor. At your fertility doctor level, you get to be in an episode of If These Overs Could Talk, the Queer Families podcast. That's cool. Um, 
And Jenny was telling me some of Jenny's story. And I was like, well, shit, <laughs> we need to just get Jenny on now. And so I asked and Jenny was like, okay, so there's a story here that you guys have to hear. And that's all I want to say about that. And before we say anything else, why don't we just get right into that elevator pitch? I feel like we need a soundbite for that. <laughs> oh, wait, I have something. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to have to send it to the editor to add it in. But that's that's a start. That's a start. <laughs> start. You know the deal. You get 30 seconds. Do your magic. You got this. Don't be afraid of the timer. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, you want to count them in. Count them in. Three. Dose. Uno. Action. Okay, I'm Jenny. I'm 31. And this is my wife, Lauren. She's 32. I'm pansexual. She's a lesbian. Um, we both go by she, her. Um, we live in Pennsylvania. We recently bought a house. So now we're wanting to like build our family. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> okay. Well, we're, we're going to get into all the other yeah. stuff. So that was that was that was quite and incredible <laughs> and it was thorough and clear um pansexual yes. um for our listeners at home because i actually have a feeling that maybe if i were to like change my um what is it label i yeah. might say at this point i didn't have this language when i came out it was like you were either gay bi which was shunned upon or you were straight but i right. think now i'm i could say i'm i think i'm pansexual i don't even know and i i'm too old to like try to figure that out but can you go into <laughs> pansexual for all yeah. that, mainly for my mom who's listening and it's like okay. what is that I don't hi know jamie's that mom um <laughs> <laughs> so pansexual is basically like the tagline for pansexual is like hearts not parts so mm -hmm. i am attracted to people based on who they are on the inside rather than what they have on the outside so i don't care about your genitals or whatever <laughs> like i just mm -hmm. care about your heart and like who you are so for me that anyway that's what pansexual is so that's beautiful. Yeah. And it resonates. I first me. heard that term from a young person. Y'all are so young. And I love that pansexual is hearts, not parts. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. So much new vocabulary to help us understand our very vast and beautiful community. Right. But so can you guys take us to like, how'd you meet? Um, how long ago? What, what's your yeah. story? Okay. So we've been jumping anytime you want. But <laughs> um, So we've, been together for eight years. We've been married for five and a half. So I don't know, like we met online through a dating app and I was not sure about my sexuality at the time. Like mm -hmm. I grew up in a very conservative, not great area and my family wasn't uh, supportive at all. And I remember just, I didn't come out to anybody. Like I just changed my relationship status on Facebook to in a relationship with Lauren. <laughs> and my family was like, is that real? Or are you just friends? And I was like, no, it's real. And Lauren reminded me that, well, you could tell them what I said when I came out to them or whatever. Just that I, I'm here. And if you don't like it, well, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, she, she reminded me that like when I came, when I like decided that I was going to be in a relationship with her, I was like, well, if my family doesn't like me anymore, oh, well. Like, cause I was like, really just like unapologetically in a relationship with her because I felt such a connection that I never felt with anyone else that I was mm -hmm. just like, well, if my family hates me, well, they hate me. So I didn't really let that oh. stop me from coming out. And I did have a lot of struggle with my family for a while. They're still not where they need to be, but um. it's okay. We have each other. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm sorry, it's been challenging. But that wow. age-old story. Yeah, Eight well, years? and her her coming out was even worse. So what? Tell yeah, us what my, happened. Mine wasn't great either. <laughs> um, for some reason, my father uh, kind of made the connection in his head that that means right away that I'm trans, and that's okay. pretty much what he freaked out about, which I found very strange. I said, "No, Dad, um, I like women just as you do." I want to keep my vagina. Yep. I love being a woman and I love. So some trans people do want to keep their vaginas. That's, as true. Well. That's, true. That's, true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Mine is intact. Yeah. Love yes. it. That was a poor, poor joke on my part. I apologize. No, no, it's okay. We're learning yeah. all this. We're learning. I, don't know yeah. the right yeah. I keep calling you all guys. <laughs> Damn it. We're, <laughs> we're learning every day. Yeah, we really are. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Both of our families have definitely come a long way. Well, yes. Uh -huh. uh, when we told her grandmother that we were going to get married, it was probably one of the worst days of my life because we literally told her, like, we sat her down. We're like, hey, like, we just want you to know, like, we're, we're engaged. We're going to get married. Basically to see if she even wanted to come to the wedding. 
And she said, I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, yeah. oh that hurts. I am sorry that that happened. That's that not hurts. cool. It's not OK. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. And it happens to a lot of us, unfortunately, even nowadays. Like, So we're actually a little worried about the baby situation because I will be carrying and her family is very, uh, I don't know the word, <laughs> backwards. <laughs> not, yeah, not supportive. <laughs> and I feel like if I have the baby and it's not biologically related to right. Lauren, that they uh-huh. might not connect with that baby or even want that baby to be a part of their family. You know, I had that fear I had that fear even um, when I was giving birth to the second kid, yeah. even though even though my wife's family had come around and was was so much better than they were in the beginning. And they weren't they weren't terrible in the beginning. They just weren't as accepting as they they could have been. And I had that fear, too, when I was pregnant. Like, what if they well, they love Rose? They love our daughter. But what if they don't love the kid that's biologically related to me as much as the one that's related to them? And I think that's a really valid fear. And um, I think that's something very unique to our community. Yeah, absolutely. It's the reason why second parent adoptions are so mm-hmm. vital. And as someone who's divorced from the parent that was had the second parent adoption with, thank God we had it. So yeah. I hope that you investigate. Oh, that yeah, for sure. As that's well actually go when I reached out to Jamie, I, it was about the second parent adoption. That's what got yeah. this whole conversation going. So, right. Yeah. Because yeah. you are you are trying to make sure that you're buttoning up everything. Yeah, because you're, yeah. you're being way better than me and not waiting till yes. like three years after your kids are around and then taking two years to fill out the paper. You're not you're not a mess like me. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens with like the baby making? How did you decide you wanted to do that? And what was the conversation there? OK, so Lauren started a new job about a year ago and they have really great health insurance and all that stuff. And I am on her insurance. So, but then they, they announced that they were going to release fertility um, benefits for all their employees that are on like a certain tier, I guess, or is it just all the employees? Uh-huh. All full-time, all full-time employees. So um, that started in 2022. So the beginning of this year. Uh-huh. So when they announced that they were going to like cover a lot, yeah, of cover stuff. that <laughs> like Lauren, texted me and said, Hey, just so you know, like this fertility stuff is going to be available soon. And, and honestly, we've gone back and forth. Like, do we want kids? Do we not want kids? Do we want kids? Do we not want kids? But that was like more like when we were living in our apartment, because we weren't sure that we wanted to like bring a child into that. It was a small teeny tiny apartment like mine. (laughs) I'm literally in my kid's room right now. (laughs) And you have two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you also live in New York, so I mean, (laughs) that's a mansion. You have a a little different. Yeah, yeah. But um, (laughs) so in November we bought our house, and then congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we decided that we would we would like to explore the fertility options for us once we had the coverage. So I think it was in January that we called the um insurance company and we said hey like we want to do this can we can we pause for a second on this on this insurance yes so you just called them up and you said we're two lesbians uh we want to make a baby (laughs) and they were like yes go for it pretty much uh your joke like things are changing and you need to share the name of this insurance okay, so <laughs> but you're serious that that you called up and said we're two lesbians uh, i thought y'all were joking I mean, well i don't know not in that many words but i mean <laughs> okay. okay i don't identify that's as my lesbian, that's my so spin on it normally <laughs> like call it. myself like a lesbian but anyway so right oh yeah sorry pansexual that's okay, that's okay. Lesbian. We, we called and the insurance is progeny so right progeny I've heard um, so we called and i said hi i'm lauren's wife jenny um, we want to make a baby and we want to activate our benefits. We were on the phone with them for like an hour, maybe. And they went over everything like, oh, you're going to have a personal care assistant. So that's somebody that's our like point person for what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm sorry. What? Oh. Personal care assistant. Yeah. What is this? What is this utopian is insurance world you're speaking so of? The, <laughs> the personal care assistant, PCA is the person that you first call. So that's the lady that we talked to when we called in. She is the person that we submit all our claims to. If we have any questions, if we're anxious, we can reach out to her and she will just be there. Like, whoa, oh my God. Oh my whoa. God. Yeah. hold on a second. It's what? It's amazing. Yeah. In the gay world of I glory, know, it's what great. happened here? In our journey, this is amazing. Yes, in our journey, this is probably 
the only thing that has been perfect. <laughs> right, right. Because things, things, things take a, a yes, downward slope do. for, for the okay. two of you. I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, but. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but this is fantastic. So progeny insurance does not, like literally does not discriminate. Oh, no. Against LGBTQ folks who want to make no, a family. And actually, they help. Yes. Which is unheard yeah. of. Yeah. <laughs> and it was actually nice because when we were talking to her on the phone, we didn't even know, like, if we wanted to do IVF or IUI or what. And she was, like, going over everything, like, reciprocal IVF and stuff like that. Like, and we didn't even know that that was a, well, we knew it was an option, but we didn't really think that insurance would cover it. So we were, like, talking Wait, about what? that. what? They cover it? Yes. Stop. Get out of town. Yes. Wait, so, shut the part. front door. So, reciprocal IVF. Yes. Let me try to explain the smart cycle. Can you, expo- can you oh, explain geez. what reciprocal IUI is? No, no. What? Reciprocal IVF. IVF. I mean, sorry. what does that mean? That would mean that her egg would get fertilized and I would get it. Stop. And they would, in, they would inseminate her. E- oh, well, gosh. Welcome to If These Over. Yes. We talk I'm to your di- family's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just didn't know it was. It, I didn't ever imagined it associated oh, to yeah. a covered no. service in insurance. Like it was a it's fifty thousand so, dollar yeah, process. Yeah, it's so expensive. We so, and so insurance will cover that. Basically, there's like a. It's called a smart cycle. So they they right. say look at it like pie. And so I think the reciprocal IVF was the whole pie. So we would have to pay for medicine, mm-hmm. whatever else was associated. But the actual like taking of her egg and then putting it in me was covered. But oh my God. we decided so, we didn't want to do that. So right, and why? Because that's the May whole pie. Like that's so nothing else is covered. Yeah, and my my insurance benefit covers one pie, and a bonus gotcha. pie if, if the, the first, first pie doesn't work. Uh, oh, oh, so you only get one shot or well, a possible with, second shot in this pie. Yeah, in this, yes. and then IVF is three. Like my eggs with sperm would be three fourths of the pie. And then the sperm, four vials, is one-fourth of the pie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I have a question. They pay for the semen? Yes. See, the thing oh, is, uh, Alyssa, oh we, were, we were surprised when we, are the clinic Jenny was told like, us. I'm sorry. Jenny was like, wait, I'm sorry. I have been listening to If These Ovaries Could Talk, and I know that you do not pay for sperm. Right, right. Yeah. And the clinic even told me, they're like, we never worked with any insurance that covers sperm. And I'm like, okay, so I right, must exactly. be lying to me. Like, but it turns out that we had to buy the sperm up front and then they reimburse us. So we're waiting on the reimbursement, but we bought three vials. And okay. um, is there a limit to how much they'll reimburse? Um, every time you buy vials, the limit is four at a time. So every time Ooh. you buy vials, it's one fourth of the pie. So okay. We're doing ah. IUI. So IUI is one fourth of the pie. So we have IUI and we did the sperm. So mm-hmm. we have half of our pie already filled with just one IUI. Right. So we're going to do, hopefully it just takes on the first time and whatever, but like. Fingers crossed, fingers yes. crossed. Um, but if not, we can do three IUIs and that's okay. all covered. That would take the whole pie. Yes. Okay. And, and if it doesn't work, we get a bonus round for free. Right. Okay. With the insurance Easy. benefit. <laughs> so, so you get, so you really get four tries. Yes. Four IUIs. However, no. Only if the first one no, doesn't work. Uh, we would get six IUIs because it would be a whole new pie. <laughs> oh my God. You understand? I need, I need Am to I see a chart. clear or not? <laughs> no, you are. You are being I'm... clear, but it's mind blowing. Yes. Okay. And I'm so happy for you that at this part, right. I know there's something coming. There's foreshadowing. How many pies do you get that's it. two one pie and then one bonus pie okay all right we could do six iuis but we've decided we're going to do three iuis if they don't work then our bonus pie is going to be one round of ivf with sperm okay all right that's That's a a good plan i like a good plan that's a good pie Mm -hmm. so you're you're you bought sperm from a sperm bank yes we use fairfax cryobank Mm -hmm. um because they have a center or whatever in Philadelphia and we live near there. So we'll live close enough that we could drive and pick it up if we needed to, because one of the clinics options is to have, they have another clinic near Philly that we could go to if we wanted to just drop it off there, but we ended Mm -hmm. up just paying for shipping. So, and does your clinic store the sperm for you? Yes. For free. For now. For now. now. I'm still paying storage. In Mount Sinai. I'm still paying storage. You're telling me they store it for free? Well, just because we're undergoing treatment now. Because they're doing it right now. Uh, And actually, we decided that 
we are not going to contribute to the population of straight white men in America. So our donor is not white. <laughs> oh, right. okay. Y'all better work. He's okay. Asian. He's oh, Korean. Okay. Yep, 100% Korean. Um, and we decided cool. that we want to create diversity instead of see it go away. And we'll probably get some slack for that. Like people will probably not be happy that we picked uh, probably even the but listeners in our in our defense it was the best donor it was genetically honestly he was the best match for us yeah. so so when you went to choose your donor mm-hmm. and there's no judgment whoever you choose is who you choose right and there might be things that you know you're raising this this little boy without an asian influence but i i'm assuming you're gonna do the research Obviously, and get asian yeah Right. influence and in also we're gonna have life. a girl not a boy so we're manifesting that was my i'm manifesting it for you thank you <laughs> that was my plan too and that didn't work out yeah but you have a little girl i do but i really knew i was gonna give birth to a girl too i okay. knew Listen, it. Jamie, the... don't put that juju on us okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah no 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 can i just say about your story as far as the the choice that you made for your family about picking semen i'm with you 100 percent so we did not have insurance for that $20,000 that we dropped mm. on seed. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, I can't even believe it. So there was a point where we had to buy new batches. I think mm-hmm. we got six and then we came back and got more, six more. And there was yeah. a point where I went and I turned to my wife at the time and I said, look, there's semen in here that's on discount. And <laughs> I personally am not opposed to a Middle Eastern man. They're yeah. still brown and black. Right. right. But I initially wanted um, a white donor, not because of an appearance of a child, but the genetic knockouts that happen yeah. in that can happen. For instance, sickle cell runs in our family. Mm. Matching with a white donor knocks out sickle cell. Really? Right? Yes. Now, oh. I don't understand the science because I don't even know how to do math, but <laughs> I applaud you for, for taking Taking a whole and it's our your choice to what you want to put exactly. in your uterus, whatever semen color or nationality, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Good for you guys. And yeah, tell anybody yeah. who says anything to you to kiss your ass. Well, we're going to for it. We're going to get into that. I'm so foreshadowing. I'm loving talking to y'all. I'm a bit. Um, but no, I had a question. I had a question. Uh, oh, so what, what did you put in your donor search? Like, what were your attributes that you put in? If you um, if you were open to any. You were open to any race, any color. Yeah. So would you, what were your um, parameters? So originally we had everybody. Like we had white people, black people, Asian, Hispanic, mixed, whatever. Then we decided that we didn't think that we could raise a black child only because like, I don't, I feel like I'm going to get so much hate for that, but only because we can't, we don't want to give that baby a disadvantage. And I know that I don't know how to properly take care of their hair or their skin. And I don't want that to be a disadvantage for a child that we bring into the world. So we narrowed that down and then we had everyone else. Well, we took out white and black. And <laughs> so we were like, well, whatever's in the middle, that's what we're going to. Because in, in case we would have a white boy, we, we don't want them don't to want have. A white boy. No. And that's. Oh, that sounds bad. It does sound really good. I, I, I get that. I'm raising a white boy. I feel a tremendous sense of responsibility. But the boys are not the problem. I got to say, no, it's, the boys it's are never the, the problem. No. It's and the men. Honestly, it is. And it's the privileged men that don't acknowledge their privilege. Like, we would raise a boy, if it was white, to, like, know that they are not better than anyone and they need to stand up for injustice and whatever. But, like, we just kind of didn't want to add to that population. And we, we feel a certain way, like we're kind of salty that like straight <laughs> white males are mm-hmm. the ones that get to decide what I do with my body yeah. and what, and this has been every step of my way. Like every doctor that I've seen is a straight white male. Yeah. Every person mm-hmm. that's made a decision about my care through this process has been a straight white male. And I mean, I don't, that probably sounds bad. But I Does really, this, I mean, not at all. I it's really the state of the like, world we're in. And look yeah. at, well, look at, look at the shit we're well, facing right, right. now. Exactly. Ugh. It's not, it's honest and authentic. And that means everything. And if you get any hate, you send them to Jersey. Okay. I will deal with it. <laughs> Thanks. I got you. And E, I, I want to hear your thoughts on, on their reasoning behind not choosing the black donor. I don't want to put you on the spot. I, but like, I get it. I would be stressed out. If I was white, I wouldn't choose a black donor because I wouldn't want to get the hate. And also it would stress me out. Because unfortunately, we're so polarized and it's so right. 
it's so fraught. And I'm always looking for things to be a little easier because life is already hard. Right. Mm -hmm. And while I do believe that love is the most important thing, if you get to craft your experience, pick what's going to work for your family. Right. So I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think it's bigger than I have friends who are a black, white couple, but they still don't know how to do their daughter's hair. (laughs) <laughs> no shade. And so it's not an inherent thing. My mama didn't know how to do hair either. And I stayed ashy. But the love is so much bigger than the skin and the hair stuff. And I think whoever your donor is, when your little baby girl comes out and you look at that little baby and she goes, because yeah, they're, they're monsters when they're born. They're always <laughs> monsters. But Let's you're going to fall in love. It wouldn't matter if that baby had rain was rainbow, like yeah. literally rainbow. You wouldn't care. But your decisions around why you chose your donor is valid and and totally important. And, mm-hmm. right. you know, you're yeah. entitled to whatever you want to do with your uterus. Right. Exactly. Like he said. Right. So when we were putting in the search parameters, then I got my genetic testing back. I was a marker for one very like rare kidney thing. And mm-hmm. um, so we just we were like going through and like really freaking ourselves out with all the genetic marker that the guys would have. Like, we'd be like, Oh my God, what if our kid has that? And I understand like, I have to be a marker. They have to be a marker. Like that's how it works. But, Oh, it was freaking us out. So we were like anything to do with kidneys or anything like that, we're going to take them off the list. And then we started like, well, if there's options that don't have any genetic markers, why would we pick one that has a genetic marker? that we like, like ones that we like. So we ended up narrowing it down to three donors and they were all of Asian descent. (laughs) And the one we decided to pick was he's Korean and he has no genetic markers. And we really liked his essay and his questions that he answered. Like we just really felt connected to him. Mm -hmm. So the essay is what did it for me in the end too. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Uh And his baby picture is super cute. (laughs) And so, so you pick the donor and then what happened? So while we were getting the donor, the donor was actually one of the last, like mo- one of the more recent steps we've taken. Um, I had, we originally went to go get a console mm-hmm. and I thought it would take like months and months to get an appointment. And they were like, oh, we have an appointment next week. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. So mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just like, buckle up. Here we go. Like, <laughs> so um we did that. We met with the doctor and the doctor said, like, we both met with the doctor via Zoom okay, because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And I said I was worried about my weight, like getting pregnant at my weight. And he said, well, just come in, get all the tests done and we'll go from there because I have polycystic ovarian syndrome too. Oh, no. Yeah, However, the only diagnostic criteria that I meet for PCOS is literally just having ovaries on my cysts. So cysts on your ovaries. What did I say? Ovaries, ovaries on my cysts. You got a lot of ovaries. You got a lot. Your a ovaries, lot of ovaries talk a lot. They just they do don't talk. shut up. They're just gossiping all the time. <laughs> hey, why don't you leave me alone? Come on over here. I'm I'm a master of voices. Yes. <laughs> he is Cis. the voice of my ovaries. Okay. Cysts yes. on the ovaries. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> So all my blood work is like normal. Like I am a little insulin resistant, but I take medication for that. But everything else is normal. Like, um, like testosterone and all that stuff. Like it's just normal. Mm-hmm. Like, so I don't meet the diagnostic criteria, like in blood work. Right. So he was like, I'm not worried about it. Um, like people that are overweight can have babies. It does decrease like chances a little bit, but honestly, like in the big picture, if you're healthy and your uterus is good and working, you're okay. So I was like, okay, well that gives me a little bit of hope. And obviously I'm trying to lose weight. Like I'm not just going to like stay where I am. Like I want to be as healthy as I can be for the pregnancy. But, um, so the next thing I had to do was go in and get an ultrasound to see how many eggs I had. And Mm -hmm. I had to do that on like the third day of my period or something. Lauren couldn't come with me because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So I went by myself and everyone was super great. Like everybody at the clinic was so nice. I felt like I was like VIP. Like everybody was so great to me. Mm -hmm. And at this point we had only told the doctor that we were gay because 
he saw us both. Like, and, and it's my insurance. So he kind of would have figured right. it out anyway. Right. <laughs> so we hadn't mentioned it to anyone else because it wasn't relevant and it didn't come up. So I got the ultrasound. I had 34 eggs, which is good. Uh, yeah, that's and- amazing. I know. Oh, uh, so, and that's like without any medication or anything. So that's really good. Yeah. And um, so then. So you do have ovaries on your sister. I, I do have ovaries <laughs> on my sister. I'm telling you. Okay. Sorry. Okay. okay. Sorry. <laughs> and, um, okay. So, and then they measured like the uterine lining and stuff like that. Everything was good, perfect, whatever. So my blood pressure was pretty high because I have white coat syndrome. So every time I'm at the doctor, I get super nervous and stressed out and my blood pressure skyrockets. Oh, so what's it called? White coat syndrome. White coat syndrome. Oh, oh white coat. I got you. I got coat. you. I got you. White coat syndrome. Like doctors. Doctor yeah. syndrome. Okay. Yeah. So they were like, okay, well, before we, you know, can inseminate you, you have to go to your primary care doctor and get cleared for pregnancy. And also I see a psychologist and a psychiatrist because I have PTSD from sexual assault and um, also like depression and stuff like that. So I was on a lot of medication before we went to like do this process. And since then I've weaned off of all of my medication except for two. And uh, congratulations. Thank you. That's not an easy process. (laughs) Yeah. And I say that to both of you. It takes a lot of partnership and yeah, it does. Um, Shout out to my therapist. <laughs> you know, shout out to the therapist, especially this yes. past couple of years. Hell yeah. Yay, therapy. Hell yeah. But anyway, so yeah, all of that medicine is stopped because I'm like, well, baby is more important at this point. And honestly, with the help of my therapist, like I can work through those things without medication, I feel like. And obviously Lauren is like my biggest support and cheerleader. And like, I don't know what I would do without you. <laughs> like, oh, Lauren. Yeah. So, um. <laughs> So there was this one lady that I was constantly emailing who was very supportive of me at the clinic. Like every time I had a question or if I was worried, I would just email her. She would relax me. Like she would tell me it's okay and like explain everything. She's she's the kind that ends the emails with like 10 exclamation points, like mm-hmm. super excited yeah. and supportive. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to my next appointment, which was the fallopian tube test, like to the dye, sure or they open. squeeze it's, the dye. It's not yeah. dye. The liquid. I got yeah. saline. Oh, yeah. saline. Yeah. There's two different tests. So one is dye and X-ray, and the other one is just ultrasound and saline. So we did the saline. Uh, that's the one I went with. Right? Yes, this is the one she went with because they checked to see. Oh, I'm lying. I'm sorry. That was the next test. But anyway, this was the his- hysteroscopy where they uh-huh. check in your uterus to make every make sure everything looks okay. And then they take the biopsy of your uterus, your uterine lining. So this was the one that she came with. Oh, and I had I no medication, nothing. That's it was new. terrible. It hurt like hell. Like it was bad. So everyone was so different. Like, well, yeah, we, what happened? So- okay. So we got there. The one lady didn't even open her window. The other lady was like, okay, you can come here. And I was like, hey, uh, like I'm here for my appointment and this is my wife. And she was like, okay like and she just like signed me in which the first time I was there she's like hey how are you like she was so excited and like it was it was a lot different like the energy was off I feel like when we went back to like the girl was looking at you like who's this like why is she here yeah I was expecting a lot more um excitement a Mm -hmm. lot more like personal touches and I was like where are all these people Jenny's been telling me about that are so excited for us and ready to help us and you know yeah, it, because it just Lauren, seemed... you've been hearing from Jenny how right. amazing it was. And oh, my God, I'm excited for you to come. And yeah. and instead, I'm like, why is she looking at me like that? <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. And it's then the look, the yeah. doctor is very like all about business. I mean, he did come in and say, this is what I'm going to be doing. But then he just like, boom, went. And like, mm-hmm. usually on the, on the first visit, the like nurse or tech or whatever, she was like explaining step by step by step, like what was happening. Mm-hmm. And so the doctor did his thing and I got my biopsy. It hurt like fucking hell. Like it was so bad. They were just like, okay, you can get dressed and leave. Like that was pretty much it. And then like we're leaving. And the first time I left, they were like, really like, oh, we can't wait to see you again. Like see you in a couple of days. And then we're leaving. And they're just like, you're already scheduled for your next appointment. Right. And I'm like, oh yeah. And they're like, okay, see you then. Like they were just so cold and just like, whatever. So 
And so what did you guys have a conversation when you left? Were you what was the conversation not when you really. left? She she did not tell me <laughs> that she was feeling because I thought maybe I just overhyped it to myself. Right. right. But she waited a little bit to be like, that wasn't normal. That right. wasn't the way they treated me the first time. Because I was like, oh, maybe, you know. Right. Yeah. So I didn't tell Lauren because I was already feeling some type of way about it. And I didn't want the experience to be ruined for her. Like, mm. so I was like, all right, well, then we were supposed to go to an appointment two days later. And Lauren's eye was a little bit swollen. So I was like, you, you should just stay home. Your eye hurts. Like, it's fine. Like, it's okay. You don't have to come with. And Lauren's like, why not? Like, I'm going to come with. And I was like, no, 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 you you need to rest your eye. It's fine. Like, it's okay. And like, so I really didn't want her to come because I was like, I don't want them to treat you or me badly again. Mm -hmm. So I went to that appointment where they checked to see if my fallopian tubes are open and they are. Um, So that's good. But congrats. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So when I went again, they were very cold. The one lady who was very supportive in the beginning she will no longer talk to me at all. She's like an older lady. She will close her window as soon as I come in. And the last time I was there, like recently, she kept her window closed and wouldn't let me check in with her, even though she is one that checks people in. She made me wait until the other lady came back. And that other lady wasn't happy to see me either. And, um, but she literally would like not talk to me. And then I, I was sitting waiting for the doctor and another person came in and she like, popped open her window and she was like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, wow. Like, Oh my God. Blatant. I'm so sorry. That's trash. Yeah. It's blatant in your face. Yeah. So honestly, and that's not even the worst of it. Like what's the worst of it? What happened? So when we, when we went to get the sperm, there was a bunch of steps we had to take in order to like actually get the sperm. So like one of them was that we had to have, a psychoeducational session with a psychologist, which they is gave which us, is common with a lot yeah. of fertility clinics. They make you right. go through yeah. that, mm-hmm. which is fine. Um, but I mean, we, I don't know if it's fine, but heterosexual people can just have yeah. they can Amen. do anything they want. To. There's no screening <laughs> process. They can walk out with a they baby, do whatever they want. Amen. Yes. <laughs> don't even yes. get me started, y'all. Don't even. Sorry. Yes. Um, but um, it is standard practice, unfortunately, yes. with some clinics. Right. So we set it up. They gave us an option between two psychologist and we picked one we're like okay let's just do it so we met over zoom and at first she seemed really nice I was like oh this is great this is going great and then she was like so have you decided who your donor is yet and we were like no we're waiting on genetic testing and then I was like so excited to talk about it I was like we don't really care like what race our baby is or ethnicity like we just want to love the child like all we have is love to give and like that's what we want to do and I was so excited to talk about it and she was like well you should probably have a white baby because you're both white and your kid's going to be alienated enough by having two moms. So, and I was like, okay. And immediately it was like, Ooh. Oh my God. What, like, how do you come? What do you say? What do you uh, say to that? I was just like, okay. And then I, I literally but- like shut down and then she had to like take over because I was like, no, I'm done. Like I, I was checked out. At your that baby point. is going to be alienated enough. Having two moms, like what the fuck? What in the actual fuck? As soon as the as soon as the camera went off, we were just like, "What in the hell did she just say to us?" Like, God. our baby's already going to be at a disadvantage, so why make it even harder if it's a different race than us? Oh my god! And like, it's like all the wrong things to but, say in, in a single sentence. And if right. we were adopting a baby, like would anyone tell us, like, no, don't adopt that nope. child because right. they're not white? Like right. they'd be like, adopt. Like, oh all my the kids. gosh, this is the greatest thing ever! You yeah. guys are adopting. A po- yeah. You know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so take us to where we are now and what's going on, and and again, like we cannot say enough how sorry we are that you guys are going through this, but that you're going to make a baby and it's yeah. going to be all great and wonderful right. and beautiful. So after I got the biopsy, it came back that I had inflammation in my uterus, which is one of the top causes of miscarrying. Um, So I had to take antibiotics, like really strong antibiotics for two weeks. And I was super sick during those two weeks. And mm -hmm. I tried to reach out to the clinic a couple of times. And again, it was just like, well, you got to take them. Nothing we can do. Like they were very cold and very like not helpful and in between she had to still address the 
previous blood pressure issues, which, spoiler alert, white man PCP needed to sign off that she was okay to start trying to get pregnant. Yeah, he had to sign a form that released me to be able to be pregnant. And also my psychiatrist had to sign a paper that said... Um, I support her getting pregnant or whatever. And he said, he, wait, he said to me, he said, I don't understand, like shout out to my psychiatrist because he said, I don't understand why I need to sign this. Is this the fucking handmaid's tale? And I was like, yes, that's what we're going to. That's (laughs) the sad part about this. Cause meanwhile, a straight couple could bone and get pregnant and nobody has to sign any freaking papers. Uh, Once again, take the baby out of the hospital. You get to walk out. Yeah. You yeah. just walk right out that door. Yeah. And it's just assumed that that's the father and that's the mother. Right? Exactly. The mother is like easier to determine, right. I suppose. But like but- it could be some <laughs> random guy and just be like, yeah, this is the dad. Put him on the birth certificate. Yeah. He has legal rights. Like, yeah. that's it. Like, yeah. they don't even ask for proof. No, no. none. Mm-mm. I could go out and, ew, but, yeah. and, and ew, just say indeed. it was Donald. <laughs> and next thing you know, Donald put Donald on oh, the, do you on the have birth to use certificate. That name? though mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah don't use the name don nobody should use the name I, donald I ever again up, i was making up a name y'all oh my god so much pressure can you finish telling me are we at a good place i need to know this that this like, gets better this episode is all about the patriarchy huh i'm sorry we're like, i'm we're sorry like, t- no it's okay no, no Listen, apologies. this stuff needs to be talked about indeed yeah. and this is the audience for it so <laughs> right it is amen um but so then i also had to see a maternal fetal specialist because um, of my BMI, just so that they could like go over what risks might be like, because of my BMI, there might be certain risks. Literally, I went to the doctor's appointment and he's like, there really aren't that many risks, just like a little bit more than an average pregnancy. And like, I had already known all the stuff that he was telling me. He was like, do you work in the medical field? And I was like, no, I just do my research. Like I'm going to have a baby. I know my stuff. Also, also, because I'm queer and intentional and I have been planning this freaking baby (laughs) for a long time yes and can i can i say i'd like to interject here that bmi shit is Mm. exactly that because most american women are obese and Mm -hmm. overweight in this country right considered because of this bmi yes right and age is more of a factor than weight oh yeah i mean fat people get pregnant right i was trying and i consider myself a fat person just so we all are clear can i be your fat please (laughs) <laughs> no, I had weight loss surgery. So that's why I, you know, have weight, but I'm still considered fat. And I think a fat is, to me, it's beautiful. Like I've always been fly, oh, yeah. so fat and fly and, or <laughs> less fat and fly, bigger and fly. Like it doesn't matter. Right. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's also bullshit as far as getting pregnant. Right. And it took a woman, OBGYN, to really break that down for us and to understand that it's more about age. Pay more yeah. attention to your age than your weight. In this game. So that doctor was a white male, um, but he was, he also had to sign a paper that said that I understood the risks and that it was okay for me to proceed with pregnancy. So he was, he was actually really nice. He, he signed the paper, no problem, whatever, but it but was just still, kind of bullshit. That we're I still have, no less than three white men signing. Yeah. Saying that, you saying that, that you're I, allowed. When I do get pregnant and go to my OBGYN, she is a female, so I will feel better about that. But we have mm-hmm. to get to that point, obviously. So, yeah. So, so then I got another biopsy and it comes back. I still have inflammation. And this was recently. And I was honestly gutted. Like, I just felt yeah. like, oh, my God, we're never going to have a baby. And I know we have not even been trying long. So, like, compared to, like, the stories I hear on here, like, I feel like kind of a jerk for saying that but no, like because I, as soon as you as soon as you start trying you want that baby tomorrow right, today right. today yeah right. and so i have inflammation in my uterus again so i have to take two antibiotics at the same time now and uh they're not really sitting with me well uh, not as bad as the first antibiotic but my stomach is still not happy are and- you on because i had pcos and one of the things that helped was a, a fertility acupuncture doctor that i saw in new york um, but also the metformin yeah, I'm on metformin. causes inflammation in the uterus. Oh, so yeah. maybe, yeah, I know the doctor should be telling, I'm not even a medical doctor, y'all, but <laughs> we are definitely the, not doctors. Go, go, go Google yeah. this. I, I, no, don't Google it. Don't Talk, Google to a doctor. <laughs> Talk to a doctor, but the metformin <laughs> can cause, it's one of those like way down right. the list yeah. things. Hmm. So tell them to look at that okay. and see. 
Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that after these antibiotics that it'll go away. Right. But my doctor won't inseminate unless there's no inflammation, which I guess is like good because the best chances and they want the best numbers. Right. And I don't want to miscarry. Like I'd rather wait now than miscarry because I think that would be terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of where we are now. We're still at the crappy clinic, but it's because and, we don't really have choice. Like, yeah, you, you have to go to the clinic that your insurance is going to cover. Right. And I mean, I feel like people listening are probably like, well, why don't you just drive an hour and a half away? But I can't like my work just does not allow it. Like, no. And so if anybody at home has any advice for what what these two can do to get through this ridiculousness, like right in, please, because it takes us all. This is a village. It's we got to get your little baby girl here one way or another <laughs> or boy <laughs> or, you know, whatever. It, the gender doesn't matter anyway. They, Right, but they want to manifesting more. what I'm we trying want. to manifest here. Boom <laughs> shakalaka. It's gonna be a little girl. And thank I you. Think, so I think you might have to name your little girl my um old name of Erica. Yeah. With a C, no K. All right, I All got right. you. We'll keep it in mind. <laughs> or Helen. Helen <laughs> oh, the cutest. Erica Helen. Helen Erica, Erica. Helen. Erica Helen. Oh my god. I'm well, I, I wish yeah. that this gets better. Mm-hmm. As far as we know. I have a lot of eggs. My fallopian tubes are open. Everything is good except for that inflammation, which we're working on. And like, mm-hmm. that's when we found your podcast. And yeah. my therapist actually suggested the baby or bus mm-hmm. podcast that you guys we were, were on. on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And oh, then yeah. I was like, <laughs> I need to hear their podcast. And then that's when I started listening to if these oh. ovaries could talk. And I was like, we oh got into God, the back finally- door. Yeah, I was like, I found my community. <laughs> I oh, found them. They're, they're making oh, babies. Gonna cry. <laughs> and now she That's... just sings the theme song every day. <laughs> I do. Attic girl. Attic girl. <laughs> and, and just really... constantly screaming, roll the tape, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm wow. so glad that you've, you know, you found us in a roundabout way, too, which I think is a, a way a lot of, of our community find us yeah. because we're so niche, you know, so... Once you're pregnant and, and you're good and you're, you know, like we're, we're, we're at the point where you know this baby's going to come. You send them this episode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. yes. <laughs> so they can hear <laughs> what they've done That's to your experience and hopefully make change. And right? be better. Better. Just fix it. Just change it. Just be yeah. better. Yeah. Just do better. And can I tell you, I visualized my boy. I wanted a boy since I was five years old, right? Uh, and I visualized him. I put up a little like prayer area and I wrote up diary like, wow. hey, baby boy, you're coming. And, and I don't remember what that image looked like in my head because my son has taken over my whole understanding. But I think visualization and calling your baby into you is important. So visualize your little girl imagine what she's going to feel like, smell like in the good days and just know she's coming. And how is not your business, right? Just Mm -hmm. do what you're doing. That baby's coming. That That baby is coming. Yes, Jenny and Lauren, y'all are the best. (laughs) Oh my God. Thank you guys so much for sharing your story. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm so glad we had you. This was really fun. Oh, Jenny and Lauren, I love them. Oh, my gosh. They're going to get that baby. They're going to get that baby. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, they're going to get it. Might be a boy, might be a girl. We're I know speaking they want a that girl, girl into existence. Yes. Yes. Okay, we are. We Ooh, are. But girl. also know you're going to love that baby no matter what. I girl, promise. Girl, baby, girl. <laughs> <laughs> they were fun. And yeah, so fun. It. I know. What a story. And, you know, I'm just so glad that. You know, Jenny became a Patreon member and at the fertility doctor level, you have the option of being in an episode after six months. But when she was typing to me about her story, I was like, you know what? We're not waiting six months. You need to come on. And I'm glad. I'm glad because this story is a heavy story. It is. And the health insurance Mm. amazingness. I'm just so glad they came and told their story. Me too. And I hope you guys are as well. I'm sure you are because it takes all different colors of the rainbow to make up the fabric of our LGBTQ families. I see what you did there. I see what you did. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. And we have to also say a huge thank you to all of our Patreons who are helping us make this show. And if you want to help us make this content, you can't see that, but E is giving prayer hands to the microphone. Yeah, I'm namaste. <laughs> namaste. 
Um, if you want to help us make this content for LGBTQ families, you can join our Patreon community, Patreon, Patreon community, and do just that. Yeah, you'll do a good thing and get bonus content. Boom, 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 boom. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, and at the gestational carrier level, you get video interviews of most episodes dropped a day early. Boom, yes. boom, boom, boom. Head over to patreon.com forward slash ovaries talk to join. Do that. And then also, once you've done that, go ahead and go get our book, the book that me and Robin wrote together, If These Ovaries Could Talk, The Things We've Learned About Making an LGBTQ Family. It's available at all major retailers. And if you want to buy locally, you should check out IndieBound. And you can also listen to Robin and I read it to you. And that's available on Amazon and iTunes, the audiobook. And if you get it, don't be afraid to rate and review it on Amazon or Goodreads and also the podcast. And also Patreon while you're at it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like Just review us. Things. Can you guys like <laughs> tell more people about us and you're, you're in the queer spaces that we may not be tucked into? Like yes. our, our If These Ovaries Could Talk merchandise. Did y'all oh. know? We have a whole merch store, you guys. And Come Pride on. is the perfect time <gasps> to get it. We have so many designs in our merch store. And you can put those. This is the beauty of our merch store. You can put all of the designs we have on any product in the store. So you take the design you like. And you can put it on a t-shirt, a mug, a notebook, a face mask, laptop cases. They have pillows. They have all kinds of stuff. It's really fun. So you can go to our link in bio in our Instagram page to get to the store. And on social media, check us out at Ovaries Talk on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and the TikTok. On the TikTok. If these ovaries could talk on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Also, support the podcast and join our community on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Ovaries Talk. Don't forget. You get that boom, boom, boom bonus content. <laughs> I can't help myself. I enjoy it. And we just want to say another really great thank you to our Patreon members who are helping us make this content. We thank you. We thank you. We namaste, thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Kumakusa. Yes. Namaste home and drink some wine. That's, that's what I say. <laughs> All right. We got to go. Okay. Eggs. Ovaries. Out. Out. You didn't, you didn't say it. fried eggs. What's fried eggs. On? Ovaries out. <laughs> If these ovaries could talk, they would say, X ovaries out.